welcome to Shed Life. Joe too. I'm sorry, Jade. <laughs> how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. How's um, how's things been with you? Uh, I mean, up and down. I suppose it was nice to come into this week with the sun out. Um, and obviously, all of this week meant to be sunny compared to the last week or so that we've had of rain. Um, and I suppose I only touched on the weather because I'm furloughed. So what else can I do? <laughs> um i feel like it's that classic question of mm, well if it's raining you can't do much basically so no, yeah other than that it's all right it's all right yeah, yeah i mean you mentioned you've been followed what's the um what's the latest on that do you know anything have you been told um, anything i mean we had a chat in um may with the team um obviously end of may to basically say you're going to be furloughed for June and July, but they're going to try and call back um, a couple more people um, as and when throughout July. Um, personally, can't really see myself going back until August, um, but I'm hoping that we'll have some sort of update at the end of July um, to see what's happening with August, because obviously that's when the government will change it and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, the communication's there, um, but it's out of my hands, really. So... I'm just kind of taking every day as it comes, which has been quite a few days. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. And yeah, just for the listeners out there, Jade works in the uh, airline industry, which has obviously been impacted quite uh, heavily by this pandemic. Um, but there was news I, I saw the other day about um, UK potentially having, not having the borders open, sorry, other countries like Spain or something opening their borders to uk citizens is that correct yeah yeah so i have heard that um and not doing the quarantine period because obviously a lot of countries have turned around and said yeah we'll have you but then you need to do two weeks at home quarantined which obviously well me being me i'd I'd be okay because i'm furloughed but for people that have gone back to work that's a lot of time a lot of holiday do do the companies pay for it etc just because you've gone on holiday so i think there's a massive debate around that but yeah i know that spain's kind of said we're here we'll have you um yeah and i mean a couple of companies have come out and said that obviously they're willing to fly this summer um so obviously that's great news um but again what does that look like as i mentioned with the quarantine period and things like that so i don't know i think i think they've been clever and and they're thinking things through like they should um but what that looks like with other companies especially when you are in the airline um industry you're not just reliant on this country being like, yeah, we're all okay. And, and, and we can then bring other people into the country. You're obviously looking at the other way as well. So vice versa, which is obviously tough, but I mean, we'll just see how it goes, I guess. Hmm. All right. I mean, that's it. So going back to being furloughed and lockdown in general, how was that for you? I know, I know you're still furloughed, but and lockdown is eased, but uh, how did you sort of navigate around the sort of weird? Well, <laughs> it's a funny one because I didn't. I'd literally felt like a little lost sheep going into <laughs> like a little field and thinking like, where's all my parents and everything? Um, <laughs> and I'll, I'll come on to the topic of sheep because that's so interesting in my life right now. Right. This is what life's come to. Um, no, I mean, the first week or so, um, I had a lot of change in my life, so I won't, I won't bore you too much into that. But 
kind of I moved in with my boyfriend's family um, because it was going to be that time of I wouldn't be able to see him um, as I live with my grandparents. Uh, my nan actually um, has COPD, so it's a lung condition. So obviously, if she was <clears throat> going to get um, COVID nineteen, um, or as I've heard a lot of people say, COVID nineteen. What's what? that about? It doesn't have a T in it. <laughs> Co- COVID. Um, yeah, COVID nineteen. Um, Who the hell says that? Oh, just a lot of people that I've heard, and I'm like, mm, you know, when you want to correct someone, but you just, you, you just not, no, you just, you just can't, you just can't. So you leave them to it, and you're like, okay, you just carry on with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a strange one to get wrong, though. I mean, it's like been plastered over the news for the last few months. Well, yeah, I know. And then I'm a bit like, well, it's COVID nineteen, and it's got a D on the end, not a T, but. <laughs> I just let it go. I let it go. Um, but yeah, sorry. So yeah, my nan um, obviously is at high risk, so I wouldn't be able to kind of mingle with people. Um, obviously, not that you was allowed to anyway. So we mm. made the decision, obviously, for me to move into my boyfriend's, and I mean, we're we're trying to look for a house, like our first house anyway. Um, and obviously, that's that's been a bit of a struggle um obviously in that market as well but touch wood that's kind of bounced back and and everything's going back to normal from what I've heard so at least there's a kind of a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel in that one but yeah I mean I I feel like that first week or if not month there was a lot of change like imagine having your whole routine excuse me like ripped from underneath your feet like you, you literally you're like okay so there's no structure you kind of get up in the morning you think well what time should I get up in the morning what time should I have breakfast like do mm. I then keep my routine of having lunch at one o'clock like so yeah I feel as if there was a lot of kind of struggle to know what's right from wrong which sounds really silly because obviously it's your life you can do what you want but do you try and keep that routine just in case for whatever reason you're not furloughed for as long as you thought you'd be um or things like that so I mean now I feel like I'm I'm settled a lot better than I was but yeah I think a lot of people have said obviously once you have that day in day out routine not there anymore especially with work like I said that's a big thing that's the majority of the like your whole lifetime what are you doing you're working mm. so and I think as well um just another thing is I only started my new job role probably a month before lockdown so there I am training up to to um be this new role um and it's kind of like then you're like oh by the way you're furloughed and it's like oh okay I'm, I'm, I'm like faking it I'm like someone asked me what I do as my job and I'm like uh, uh can I say that because <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trained in that like yeah. um but yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, there was, a l- there was a lot of change and it kind of happened overnight. And then you sit there and you think that feels like ages ago. Like I'm sitting here now mm. and I'm like, whoa, it's my birthday in two weeks and, and that's July. And I'm thinking, well, what did I do for those other months of being furloughed? Like I find it really hard when people, <laughs> I must sound like I don't do anything, but um, a lot of people are like, oh, so what have you been doing? I sit there and I pause and I'm like trying to gather my thoughts and I'm like "Mm, uh, walking painting baking and I like reel off this list and I'm like did I do that that day like you kind of just lose track of everything but I don't think I don't feel like there's a right or wrong answer for what people should be doing and I think 
at first there was a lot of pressure around people being like oh so so what are you what are you doing and and do you feel pressured to do a course to better yourself at work or do you feel pressured to do more exercise because you've got all this time on your hands but I don't feel like it should be like that and I, I feel like now it's kind of eased off but I was definitely in I, I personally definitely felt like there was a lot of pressure of well, wh- well what are you doing and you'd be like well can I not chill this day because was that was that pressure internal from yourself or was it you you felt it from outside sort of sources I think I think it was a bit of both like obviously at first where you're so lost and you're like well I need to fill all this time like and I was a bit like uh uh, uh well what can I do especially like living in obviously someone else's house which I have been welcomed with open arms I will not ever doubt that but you are a bit lost because you're like well can I go and have a biscuit like and <laughs> it's just down to the smallest of things or like can I have my lunch at that time or or can I order some painting and and put that down on the dining room table like but I feel like yeah mo- mostly it was from outside because but I feel like maybe I took that the wrong way when people like well, well what are you doing and because uh, I feel like there was nothing really else to say it's not even like you can say oh you're looking forward to your holiday because mm. I had all mine cancelled <laughs> so it, yeah I feel like it, it was a mix but probably I took it the wrong way with a lot of people being like well what, what are you doing so I didn't know whether or not I should be sat- be doing certain things and what was right from wrong but I feel like that's settled now I just kind of say well I'm doing this this and this and and that's fine but I think that that's where it comes into like the whole mental health thing because obviously people without their routines you have more time to think and I'm a prime example of an over warrior and people who know me will tell you that um so obviously it left me with a lot of time with my own thoughts and just to put it out there I think I'm not the only one that has suffered with that um as it's a big thing so yeah I just feel like there's a lot of change um at one time but yeah Yeah, I think it's been real up and down yeah Mm. but the um so going back to the mental health side of things, so you said, what was the sort of, what was the sort of type of thoughts you were having, and what was the catalyst for it? Was it this uh, sort of uncertainty surrounding your job? Um, was it maybe family being away from home? Uh, was it you know a mixture of these things? Was it you know just being in a lockdown, like almost cabin fever or something like that? I think it was all of them, uh, to be perfectly honest. I mean, obviously the first one, your job. I've just moved into a new role. I'm like, I'm willing to learn. Like I love learning and that's always been something that I've strived to do better at. And I think where some people are, are like, Oh, well it's okay. You're furloughed. So like your job's going to be safe. And I'm so lucky to be in that position where yes, I have been furloughed and fingers crossed. I still have my job at the end of it. And it was, must be, and I can't even put into words other people that have, lost their jobs because of this and the struggle I literally can't be I I wouldn't even know where to start but from a purely selfish point of view like I genuinely don't know what's going to happen obviously like you said with the industry that I'm in who who knows we're so reliant on other people other countries not just ours and yeah of course is that that kind of thought in the back of your head where it's like well what am I going to do after that? Like, I'm looking for a house. What about 
if we get the house and obviously then I've got a mortgage and and then that's it I don't have a job like Mm. that's one big well that's two big things but in the polar opposites so yeah and I mean that must be relatable for some other people as well that have mortgages and have lost their jobs and I just I don't know it's just I think that was one of the main things is obviously it's like a domino effect like obviously potentially losing your job so that that's one thought and then obviously your next biggest thing is is buying a house and and yeah definitely being away from family like not being able to really see my grandparents because obviously my nan having copd etc and and stuff like that but i mean now obviously it's been a lot better where you kind of keep you keep your distance like i i do go and see her but i make sure that I'm two meters away from her um, and, and going for walks with my friends and things like that. Obviously you can go and do that now. So I feel like that's helped, but yeah, that initial kind of thought process of being like, Whoa, everything just comes tumbling down. And it's great that um, I've got a good support network around me to be Mm. like, look, let's talk about this. And I think that is the main kind of piece of advice I would tell anyone is talk to someone no matter how hard it is just try and confine in someone and that doesn't have to be like even someone you know like whether or not that's through like obviously services that are available to people like just try and talk and I know it's hard because I've been there but yeah that's that's kind of the best best advice that I have well, going back to your, um, you said how you've seen your nan, you keep in two meters distance. Um, so I think the government was saying potentially they might uh, relax that law to a one meter or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, how would that make you feel and how would that sort of change your approach to visiting her? Would you still keep that uh, two meter rule or would you think, okay, the government said this is accurate, so it should be fine? Or is it sort of drummed I'd... in your head now that two meters is kind of the safer option? How would yeah. you sort of react to that? I don't know. I think I've taken the approach of like, because obviously I'm not with my family, I've seen a lot of them. And when I say a lot of them, like my mom only lives down the road. So I'm able to see her and like my siblings and things like that. Um, and obviously my, my other, my other grandparents only live like, well, probably about 20 minutes away. So, I mean, I have seen them, but I kind of, ask them like it's it's the whole approach of being like oh well do you want me to pop over in the garden because you can do that now Mm. but it's like what about if you need to go to the toilet like and they and they have said like and I've read a couple of bits where it's like well as long as you take your own towel you take this and you take that and and things like that and I've just kind of been asking people like is that okay because at the end of the day that's their home like am I allowed to go in there and I know it sounds well at first it sounded silly because it's like well that's my family like I should be able to do that but then you've got to then kind of take a step back and you're like right I'm doing this for not only them but myself as well to keep everyone safe so yeah I think like my my family's been a quite not I wouldn't say blase that's that's too kind of dramatic but they have been kind of laid back with it because they've been like well I haven't been out me personally I haven't really been doing much um so I've like brought my own towel and use their toilet and wash my hands and things like that. So yeah, I mean, when it comes to like the one meter rule, I think, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, you have got in a routine of just being two meters away. So, and what, why, what's the difference between that one meter and two meters? Do I need to 
I don't know. Do I need to get that close to them? Like, if you can't hug them, then then do you? So you just stay the two meter apart? I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. That's a good point. Very good point. Um, so you were saying how you just got promoted before a month before? Is that right? Before yeah. this all kicked off? Um, what what like looking back now in hindsight, obviously, what would you have done differently, if anything? Would you have sort of because this was mm. a, I'm assuming I'm assuming promotion is a good thing. Um, yeah. Would, would you say, oh, I wish I hadn't done that? I wish, would you wish, I don't know. Uh, I don't yeah. know, because I don't know the ins and outs, but yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna answer this very honestly, because mm-hmm. obviously me being me, as I've mentioned, overthinking everything. Like you sure. start to think, well, should I have taken that? Should I have gone for that? And it's only until you kind of take a step back and you do, I, I swear by this and I was actually showing this by um, my new manager in my new role. And um, he said, everything in this circle is what you can control everything outside of it. So you write down obviously everything and you draw like a circle. It might not even be a circle. It might be like some kind of mud mark um, or paint mark and everything inside that circle you can, you can worry about because you can control that. So then you work on that, but everything outside of that circle you can't control. So, just try and not worry about it and it's something that is sounds so simple but it's one of the best things ever like for someone who worries about everything down to the smallest of things like oh should I be wearing these um these colorful socks tomorrow like just silly things or or what should I be wearing tomorrow like and you sit there and you think Jesus Jesus I, I, I can't think about this in my head anymore and you just take two minutes out of your time and you do that circle and then you're like I shouldn't be worrying about that or or the what ifs like this whole job thing like yeah I I sat there and I thought oh maybe I shouldn't have taken that maybe I should have stayed safe in in my old role and my old team and not taken that job because who knows I'm a newbie I'm not trained up am I am I the one that's going to be told by the way, we don't really need you because we've got everyone else that's trained up and that's all we need. And then it's like, wow. And I, I, I do hope that I'm not in that position, but again, that's something I can't control. But yes, I have had thoughts of, should I have stayed um, in my old team? Should I have taken that role? But I, and this is going to, some people will take this the wrong way, but I deserve that promotion. Like I'm probably... I'm not confident at all and I might come across confident because I'm talking on this and I've accepted to do this, but this hasn't been easy. <laughs> I tell you that and whoever's going to do this, it's not easy. And I felt sick before doing this, but I mean, I, I'm fine now. I'm, I'm doing a great job. <laughs> doing a great job. Um, but yeah, and I, I just took some time out and I thought, you know what? I was approached for that job and I got that job. So I shouldn't really be thinking behind me, but I think it's a natural reaction to. Um, so yeah, I mean, I have thought like that, but I'm in this role, I can't go back. So, and I, I don't think I would like to go back and that's nothing against my old team. That's nothing against my old role or anything like that, but progression's progression and that's going forward. So why look back if you if you've got that opportunity and you've had that opportunity to get a promotion and you've worked hard then never look back never look back so awesome awesome 
All right. Um, I want to know more about this circle, man, because this sounds like a really good tip and a tool which many people can probably use. Um, and you touched upon mental health sort of thoughts and feelings maybe um, during the midst of lockdown. Um, was this sort of a tool used to maybe combat some of those thoughts or were you kind of um, just open about talking to the right people in, in your own sort of, you know, friends or family yeah. circle? I mean, it was a bit of both. Um, it was probably a year ago that, or two years ago, that I spoke to a professional for my mental health. Um, and that was through CBT training. Um, and I literally just did like a like, bit of like an online course and, and you'd have um, someone check in with you. Um, and there was lots of tools on there, like the worry tree. So you go down, it's a bit like, um, one of those trees that you go, is this the answer? Is yes or no the answer to this question? And you kind of go down. Here I am using my hands and no one can see me, um, but it helps <laughs> me. Um, so yeah, one of those was a, was another great tool. Um, and I'm sure you can find them on the internet. But yeah, I mean, this kind of circle one really stuck with me. And, and like I said, it is very simple, but it's only until kind of potentially... I'd, I'd done that kind of course with a professional and I was at a stage to be okay with it. Um, and I'm not, that, that's not to say that I have gone backwards. I've, I've definitely gone forwards, but you still have your bad days and that's okay. Like everyone has their bad days. You, do you really expect someone of uh, being a human to not have a bad day? Like, and if someone turned around and say to me, well, I don't have a bad day. You are lying to me. I don't care what anyone says you are lying. Like, and that is okay. And I really want to kind of emphasize on that because it's normal. Like there's so many things that people are like, well, that's not normal. Well, it is normal. I'm going to tell you now it's normal. But yeah, this, this kind of circle thing and being out of control once, and that was only earlier this year um, that my manager told me about that. And I just sat there for a second and something just clicked. And I was like, hmm something so simple but something that can really help you and I have put that into practice a lot um and obviously spoken to like a family and friends about it and stuff like that because they're obviously all aware like I'll I'll confine in in the right people um and like I said I'm very lucky to have my support network but yeah I think I think the out of control circle as I call it um can really benefit in anything whether or not that's kind of day to day or the future like I used to worry about the future day in day out and that's not something I can control like okay obviously probably it is easier to use it on a day-to-day -day basis of like routine and things like that like a bit like the house I'll go back to kind of personal things of I, I really want a house but I can't control what's going to come on the market and I know it sounds so obvious but I really kind of understand things when things are on a piece of paper and I'm writing them down because it's getting them out of my head onto the bit of paper and then that's when I can be like right okay can't control this that's out of the circle then I'm drawing my circle and then I can really kind of some people and I listen to um, going off on a bit of a tangent I listen to Fern Cotton um, Happy Place podcast and she's great I've read her book um, obviously just about different things whether or not and and some things I can't relate to like kids I don't have any kids I'm not married anything like that but she normalizes it and it's so helpful and she's got like the di different activities in her book for you to kind of write that down and some people work on the fact that 
if you've got those things out of that worry circle, you kind of cross them off or you rip them off the bit of paper. But I like to see them. Like personally, I like to see them because I'm like, I was once worrying about that and I really don't need to. So yeah, I just feel like, I feel like you should try it. Anyone listening, just try it. Mm, that's that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Listeners, hopefully out there who need that sort of help. That's a very good yeah. tip. Um, but just sticking on that point for a second, like you said you spoke to someone a year ago or something um, professionally, I'm assuming. Um, yeah. How difficult was taking that step to, number one, tell yourself I do need professional help. It's not just something which I can control and manage. Mm -hmm. And also then maybe you're deciding not to keep it to yourself, but opening up to friends and family and saying, yeah, listen, I'm going through this. I need to mm -hmm. speak to some professional because obviously a lot of people kind of um, brush this kind of feelings away yeah. and they snowball mm -hmm. sometimes. You know what I mean? Cause there's a certain stigma around men and health and stuff like that, where it's maybe not so easy to open up about it. And uh, mm -hmm. so that's, that, yeah, that's what I'm intrigued by again. So I think a lot will help a lot of potential listeners who may. Yeah, no, of course. Um, it was difficult. Um, taking that step to kind of accept the fact that you can't really help yourself um and i can't remember off the top of my head what that was but i think whether or not you think about whether or not it's depression anxiety anything like that if you think about like your three main things in life so whether or not that's work that's um being in a relationship or your friends and family and things like that or whatever those top three top three things are do you think about what it's affecting now mine was friends and family mine was probably all three that i've mentioned Fam friends and family look like you work and obviously me being in a relationship and i think at that point and and, and not only that i think i missed that but myself i wanted to better myself like obviously i mentioned that um i like learning and things like that and i just thought well why don't i turn that into something that can really help me if I already enjoy learning then can I take that step forward speak to someone and be like is there something I could do like the activities through the um Fern Cotton book or anything like that and yeah going taking that step was difficult but my god <laughs> I felt like everything was just out of my head and not into someone else's but just kind of I was in a safe space to be able to talk about it and there was no judgment like I went to the doctor first who then referred me but it was yeah it was difficult there was tears there was anger there was everything but I felt so much better afterwards and I don't know if anyone else has been in that situation that they have gone obviously professionally and they they felt the same it is a bit of a uh, like a kind of I don't know what the word is but a bit like a, a a slug of a process because you're having to then potentially and I I did I had to bring up things in my past that I really didn't want to but they had to try and pinpoint where certain feelings and emotions and reactions have come from and yeah that's difficult I, I think the whole process is difficult but the end goal and the end achievement is great and mm. just from like other people turning around and saying to me you're glowing and from a girl's perspective you're like damn 
I'm good. Like I'm glowing. <laughs> um, and you're like, okay, other people can see that people around you can see you change. And it's so nice to have a compliment like that. Mm. And I, I mean, yeah, I started off obviously like talking to a doctor and doing CBT training through a professional. But I mean, at that time, I think it was only mm, one close friend of my boyfriend that knew. And that was fine. That was fine. That's, I didn't really want to tell my family. Like, and, and then that's when I slowly thought, okay, I feel like I'm getting better. I feel like I can talk about this because you shouldn't be expected to talk about it to everyone. Not everyone needs to know your business, not even close friends. It's only until you feel safe and comfortable to talk sure. to someone like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it was a bit, it was difficult, but it's good. And like I said, going back to the whole bad day thing, I have my bad days. And I can do mm. that circle and I can cry and I can get angry and things like that. And I know the next day, as long as I've wrote down a couple of goals that I want to achieve, um, things I'm grateful for, like I have a little journal and I take pride in my journal. I got that for mm. Christmas and it's a nice journal. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it just helps me to just write down like, yeah, like I said, things that I'm grateful for, things that potentially didn't go right that day. That's fine. As long as I highlight them, that's okay. Like I've picked up on the fact that I didn't go for a run today. Like, and, and that's okay. Don't, don't, don't think some, some people like that and enjoy that. And that's their hobby. But me, my little short legs, I'm not going far. So if I just go for a jog down the road, that's okay. Like, but I don't have to go all the time. So yeah, I think it's, it's accepting the fact that some things, some things you, you don't have to do. You don't have to do anything like, and don't, don't feel harsh on, on doing things that, potentially someone else would be doing like running or exercise or something like that if you want to take have a bar of chocolate have a bar of chocolate like or, or the next day if you feel like you want a piece of fruit have a piece of fruit like <laughs> it is what, whatever makes you happy but yeah I feel like you've you've got to be able to kind of accept something in yourself and to be able to take that jump to speak to someone and if you just want to keep it to your friends and family that's absolutely fine too you've you've got to be ready to be able to take that jump but what I would say is it's a great step it's a great step because you have to then think about like you what you want and things like that so yeah Mm -hmm. it was a good step that's really interesting um and yes you are glowing but say it I know the people listening can't (laughs) see but that's definitely true um thanks (laughs) so what would you say to people like when you said you felt this release um, when you started talking to someone professionally, but what would you say to those people who maybe decide against the professional route for whatever reason that may be? Is it still worthwhile speaking to not worthwhile? So I think it is definitely, but can it still be sort of achieved this level of release by talking to maybe one individual who you feel comfortable around and trust and still get them to, almost dissect these inner thoughts and feelings and meanings and reasons why you've come to this place. Like you said, a professional kind of did with yourself or would you, would you say that you got to where you are now because he was, he or she was a professional? Mm, That's a tough one. That's a tough one. And I only say it as a tough one because I got the benefit of speaking to someone professionally. However, Mm. that's not to say that, someone else could help you like I don't obviously if it's x person down the road wants to speak to their friend 
then I would not say don't do it because you're however long you're you've been friends for or not even that like you might feel like you can confine in them and things like that and then that's absolutely fine but I don't know I, I feel like yeah it's great speaking to your friends and things but I I personally found speaking to someone else that doesn't judge you um and I'm not saying that people's friends judge or family judge them at all but just having that person that doesn't really know you um you being able to speak to them and then kind of them asking you the questions like they're asking questions to try and find out things like I think if you had someone that was a friend or family that's not in kind of being a GP or or someone like that potentially might be digging up something you you don't feel comfortable in speaking about or or just not asking the right questions I don't know I, I, I feel like it's down to personal preference if someone gets gets something out of speaking to their friend keep doing it but I know I know one of my other friends who at the moment they're not okay going to someone professional and they can find in their friends and 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 they get something out of it so I just turned around and said well you keep doing that because if it's benefiting you and it's helping you through the bad days or the bad week or whatever then what's the point in dragging someone else into it at the moment like but I wouldn't rule that out I'd say to anyone I wouldn't rule that out as as scary as it is you can take someone with you um I mean I brought my boyfriend with me but I just wanted him to sit in the waiting room purely because I I felt like I'd hold I I know it sounds silly but I felt like I'd hold something back not that that wouldn't benefit me holding something back but I just wanted to make sure I read that list out and and I, I went with a list. I went with a list of everything I felt and certain things that would, I personally thought would trigger something. Um, and that really helped because then I felt like I wasn't missing anything. So I felt like I would walk out of that appointment and then not be like, oh no, I need to tell my doctor that. And you know how hard it is to get into the doctors. So mm. it's easier just to write it down. But yeah, I would say, I would say to anyone, don't rule it out. But you, you have to kind of take, you have to take control of, what you'd feel comfortable in doing so yeah sure yeah no that's good good answer um all right i'm just going to touch upon this uh just think one more time and that was that circle that you mentioned which um was a nice tool that helped you you like the circle don't you i'm intrigued by it it sounds like a really good concept i think for anyone i don't think you need to be going through um anything major i think it's a really good way to organize your life in general and um Mm -hmm. keep the thoughts and feelings uh, which are most important um on the sort of forefront and forget about the rest um so yeah all right so what happens if there is um something for example like you mentioned um getting a house yeah mm-hmm. um or uh, something about a job or anything like that and you say okay certain aspects of this thing which is maybe clogging up my brain i can't control but then there's certain aspects of it which i can what do you do do you then break that thing down into little baby steps kind of or do you put them in both sections how do you manage things which are, you know, can, are controllable and uncontrollable in, def, in different uh, facets, kind of? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Um, with my circle, personally, I would, um, with the ones outside of it, it's great to have them down on a bit of paper. Um, so I take a look at them. I don't ever just write them down and not look at them because then you're not really kind of, taking a look into what you was worrying about um but Mm -hmm. I would take a look at them have a little bit of a think about them 
and then kind of whether or not like going back to it whether or not ticking them off or kind of um scribbling them out because you've you've kind of gone over that you you it's like a process you've got to think about why you thought about that and and why it's out of your control so that's okay and then accepting that with the ones that you can control obviously yeah i i'd put them into baby steps i take one at a time um i should have really got an example of one but um i can't think off the top of my head but yeah getting them one by one thinking about them whether or not yeah. thinking about them to yourself talking out loud talking to someone else um and then yeah splitting them down and and writing goals against them if it is something that you can control like say for example um actually i'm going to scrap that because <laughs> i can never think of anything when i'm <laughs> trying to think of something so i don't know even know why i put myself in that position um <laughs> make a fool out of myself um but yeah i mean i would take it step by step baby steps and think about like what i can control and what I'm going to do in that week, whether or not that's something really small that you'd want to achieve that week. Um, but yeah, definitely like making a task list um, and kind of ticking them off and yeah, bunching them into like subjects um, and then working that way. I wouldn't ever say like take all, say for example, there's five of them because it's your day-to-day -day life. Don't ever try and kind of take all of them and try and change them in that whole week because it isn't going to work um unless they are very small and and you you have been able to kind of do them as as small tasks and you have got a lot of time with your hands but i mean don't overwhelm yourself because then you're taking kind of this over worrying circle out of control because, or, or, or making it pointless because mm. you're trying to kind of put it everything in your head into the circle realizing what you can control and then you then sit in there thinking oh my god I'm worrying about this, this, and this because there's so many of it. So yeah, really, really try and like kind of make it into small bites um, and then working towards a goal with that. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, I think all these things you've mentioned and mapped out and talked about, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been quality, man, because a lot of people will benefit from this, I think, from hearing it. So thanks for that very much. Yeah, and if I can help even one person by listening to this, then I'd be happy with that. Like that. and, and they don't need to come forward or anything like that it's just it's just knowing in me that potentially this has helped mm. someone else no of course it's good very good um one thing i'm going to move off this subject and go back to what you mentioned at the start um when you were kind of um i think saying what you've been up to during lockdown um i think you've been quite modest because i know you told me before we started recording uh you were doing something very helpful and useful to society and that was oh yes volunteering so yes tell us more about that experience okay so i have tried to give back something every year really so i did my 5k run um two years ago um 5k run for cancer research um and i managed to raise 450 pound i think it was when my actual target was only 150 because oh, i was crazy. like well we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll, we'll go 150 and that wasn't just to just to be like oh well if i smash it i've smashed it because <laughs> you can't think like that in, in obviously charity work and things like that but i just thought well i don't expect people to kind of like 5k to some people is a lot 
which to me, it was a lot. I can't run down the road. Um, so it took a lot of training, but some people is like, oh, 5K is 5K, like, that's nothing. So I just thought, okay, well, we'll, we'll set it as 150. I think that would be a, a good amount and a good achievement anyway. But yeah, when I smashed it, I was like, I've smashed it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I just felt great because I was like, oh, it, it, was, it was tough for me, but it is great to give back. And I've kind of always tried to give back um, in different ways. And that might be small things, just... Um, I can't even think, why do I do this? I think of examples and I'm like, I haven't got that example. Um, I feel like I'm in an interview for a job and I'm like, oh, I can't think of an example. Um, but yeah, I try and give back as much as I can, even if it's like doing a good deed for the day. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, like giving a parking, t- oh, this is a good example. I did this the other day. So, um, oh, I thought of one, I'm so happy. Um, so I, we went to the park um, near us and you have to pay for parking. And we'd only gone for like half an hour 45 minutes and you had to pay the minimum you could pay was like two pounds for three hours anyway someone drove in and wanted our parking space and we gave them their ticket um we asked obviously how long they was going to be there for and um the lady said oh i don't think i don't think that long so we gave them our, like our ticket and then they didn't have to pay so i was like tick like good good nice. deed and and not Very some people deed. yeah some people don't even think of that and I'm like, well, if that helps someone and they don't have to pay the two pound or whatever, then that's fine. Um, but yeah, anyway, going off tangent. Um, I thought, what can I do with all this spare time that I have and what can I give back to other people? So I did a bit of research um, and I've actually seen something come up on my Facebook. Um, and it, it's, it is like Facebook, listen to your conversations because I was obviously talking to people and I was like oh yeah I really want to give back and like do some volunteering work and then all of a sudden you see all these ads of a volunteering and I'm like yeah, hmm, it's crazy thanks. it's crazy yeah. isn't it it's <laughs> um, it very weird and especially it's very weird when like you're talking to someone in your family who's just had a baby and then all of a sudden your Facebook's got like um baby clothes for sale and nappies and then your boyfriend's like what's all that about <laughs> and I'm like it's not me um <laughs> but yeah so I um did a bit of googling and then found this company called re-engage um now they work um they're down in London I believe um but they um, work all over the UK um with their volunteers and things like that so it's a um it's for elderly people over 75 who are isolated and lonely so it's not just because of um covid or covid or whatever <laughs> people are saying um it's not because of that um they were running beforehand um but sometimes they were doing face-to-face um things obviously when that was allowed but basically um i wanted to be a cool companion which is a bit like a um cool buddy so um i had to fill out like my interests um and things like that and then someone who i suppose is like your manager um they will then link you up with the right person that they think obviously your interest and that you'd get along with so um obviously for gdpr reasons i can't obviously go mentioning things certainly of course but i would Um, would, just just a mind joe sorry i mean yeah it sounds like quite a difficult task to match up um the interests of a a young person for example and a maybe 80 plus year old I'm, I'm intrigued to know what interests you two sort of align together. So, <laughs> I put down, um, obviously, that I was, I obviously had all this time on my hands because obviously being furloughed. Um, and I said about like wildlife and gardening. Now, obviously, I've mentioned that I don't live in my own house, so I'm not really gardening. Um, but 
like wildlife and, and taking walks. So I was looking to obviously go out for all these walks and these runs and, and basically where I'm living at the moment, there's a lot of like farms and, and greenery. Um, mm. So I really wanted to kind of, it's a bit like what you're grateful for um, to being able to go for these walks and, and find different colored butterflies. Like something you don't have the time to do because you're working and you might not, yeah. when your hours lunch break, you might not even be able to go out for a walk because you're so busy. Um, so I really, I put down about this wildlife and, and gardening and things like that. And I do, um, I really like Alan Titchmarsh's program where he goes to like different people's houses and they do up the garden and things like that. So yeah, I was, I put that down, not going to lie. We are going to put it out there. Um, at the age of 24, do love that program. Um, so yeah, I put down that and I put down knitting because I'd actually, before um obviously lockdown work um had a thing on their like uh, a bit like a community center online and um they had a group of knitters um that were getting together and learning to knit so i thought ah oh, 2020 let's get a new skill um so i started to knit but i tell you what it's frustrating oh now i've got this massive book and i'm like with my knitting needles and I'm like I don't have the time or patience for this um but I do try I do try is um, it knitting meant to be like soothing or like therapeutic or something yeah it's meant to be but <laughs> it's hard I'm not gonna lie it's hard um so obviously I put that down on the list um and I think do I put down like music because obviously I again like you said that that can be like there's so many genre genres and and years and things like that so anyway I put these down thinking yeah. Okay, this, these might not be matched up. They they could be in some sort of way. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I got matched up with this lady. Um, I'm not sure of her age. Um, and she um, she loves gardening. She loves boating, and she um, loves ballet. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously. I was a bit like, okay, this is a new challenge because you're speaking to someone you don't know. Um, and they've got to gain their trust as well as I didn't find it too bad with the trust thing um, at first, but obviously being potentially an elderly person who's isolated and lonely, do you really want to, you need to gain that trust with someone. So, and do you really want to spill out everything um, to someone you don't know? Um, so yeah, there was, there was many challenges. The first call, I did have to speak to my little call manager. Um, and I said, this is tough and I'm not sure I can go through with the second call. Um, because I was like, I had nothing in common with this lady. I tried and I tried and I tried. Um, and I was asking these questions just to make sure that um, everything that they'd wrote down, this company had wrote down was right and things like that. Um, and we just had nothing in common. And I was like, right, okay, this is great from challenging me and to do better. Um, and obviously then I'm helping um, this lady um, be able to speak to someone who doesn't, isn't going to judge her. Um, but being able to speak to someone different, um, especially in these challenging times. So anyway, uh, my call manager said, look, I'm gonna send you an article um, and it was all about like asking different questions, not asking like closed questions, or, or, um, opening up the, the conversation and things like that. She said, give me, give, uh, give this lady another, um, another call in two weeks time. So you can set how long you want to speak to the lady or, or, um, the man. And you can, um, say kind of like if it's every two weeks, every week, um, every other day. 
so anyway me and my lady um we agreed every other week because she said that she's not going to her clubs and her classes so there's nothing really to talk about so I was like that's fine so anyway the second call was actually Friday just gone it was the best call ever (laughs) and I was like I was trying to work out like why it was the best call ever and she actually mentioned that um, her daughter was staying with her because she's not mobile. So her daughter was staying with her um, throughout lockdown and she was going out for a walk. Um, but she'd wrote down a list for my lady and um, she'd put down like what she'd been um, watching on TV. So she was watching Pointless, um, all the quiz shows. Um, and um, she'd been watching the repair shop now do love a bit of the a bit of the repair shop so I was like <laughs> brilliant as soon as that came up I was in my element um and then she um put down that she'd been speaking to um relatives in um in America on Skype um which I was mentioning that I was speaking to my family on FaceTime um mm. and obviously like doing quizzes and things like that which she didn't realize that FaceTime was the same as Skype so we had a conversation about that and it just flowed so much better and I mean, that was no fault of hers on the first. It was no fault of mine at all. But it's funny just when obviously um, someone of that age um, has like something that a bit like a list to go through. It's just funny what things come up because it's not their fault that potentially they don't remember something that that happened three days ago. Um, and they just need a little bit of a prompt. And that's absolutely fine. And that is all that my lady um, needed. And it was great. And obviously at the end she was like, Oh, I've really enjoyed this call. Like I really appreciate what you're doing and things like that. Like you've been lovely and stuff like that. And it's only until you get that, that you're like, and I know it, it take, it took two calls and, and it doesn't seem like a lot at all, but when you've got two weeks in between, you're like, have I done a good job? Like, should I carry on with this? But when she said that, I, I just had a smile on my face the whole day because I love being able to give back and knowing that you have helped someone is something that I just love doing and I get a kick out of. And yeah, I just had a smile on my face the whole time afterwards. And I said to her, I said, well, I would call you two weeks from now, which would have been on my birthday. I said, but I said, is it okay if we move in? She was like, Oh, don't worry. She was like, we can have it the day before and things like this. So she was like, Oh, happy birthday and all that. And, and I was like, oh my god love you I literally love you um but yeah it's so yeah so great to be able to give back and to hear that you're doing a good job for someone else and and more to the point I don't know this lady and Mm. she's been able to confine in me about stuff that she's doing every other day or every day etc so yeah great absolutely great and I would say to anyone and I I I'm going to say this because everyone needs to do it. It's great. Um, but yeah, just go and see what you can give back. And I did actually speak to my call manager and I said, look, I said, I want another person. I was like, because I've got all this time and it's every other week and things like that, but they've had such an uplift in volunteers that they're only actually doing like one person to one person. And that's, that's great to hear as well. Like just Absolutely. so many people. And I'm just hoping that I'm willing to take this on um I I do it for half an hour every other Friday but I'm willing to take this on even if I had a job because that's not to say that I can call my lady at one o'clock till half past one 
um, and block out that time because that's in my hour lunch break at work. Who's to say that I still couldn't do that? Or mm. if we moved it to a Saturday, I wouldn't mind doing it on a Saturday morning for half an hour. What's half an hour? Like, and it's only until then that you realise half an hour goes so quick when you're talking to someone. And uh, yeah, it's, it was Absolutely. great. It was great. That's incredible stuff you're doing, man. Honestly, uh, good stuff. Keep it up. Um, and hopefully more people get involved. And like you said, half an hour does go very quickly. We have been talking for nearly an hour. Um, Stop it. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But before we let you go, we need to ask one question, which you alluded to earlier on in the pod, which uh, you promised to tell us about. And that was about um, your encounters with sheep, I believe. Oh, my goodness. How have I missed this? (laughs) Okay. So I've got multiple stories about this. (laughs) But I'll I'll only tell one. So um, obviously where I'm living at the moment, there's a lot of like farms and sheep and cows and things like that. And I've saved a bee. So here's, here's, an, here's one, here's a little one point. Actually, I've got three points. So my first point is if you see a bee struggling on the floor, you mix up um, a little bit of water and some sugar. You might know this already, um, but some people don't. Um, mix up some um, like sugary water and you put it by the little bee and then the bee like sucks it up and then he's like better because it's like obviously he's low in sugar he's weak and he's only like crawling on the floor I'm actually doing an impression of a bee like they're crawling on the floor when no one can see and I'm gutted um, <laughs> but yeah and then he like sucks it up and he's all better and I did that a couple of weeks ago left it on like an old like um, I think it was my old train card or something left it on there outside with the little water on and went out there two two hours later and he'd gone and I was like yes he's flown away because you can't think that he'd been like stamped on or something like that like he flew away okay like that is all that happened so anyway that's that but back on that's the pg version of what happened yeah exactly so um back onto the sheep uh, story i can't keep a straight face doing this because it's hilarious <laughs> um so <laughs> so we're going for a walk and there's like two fields one to the left and one to the right anyway in the left field um there's a sheep on its back and i'm like obviously my thoughts thinking mm, my head's thinking that's not right that sheep shouldn't be upside down like why is he not moving he looks like he's having a bit of a fit so i'm like there's something not right so here i am obviously as i've already mentioned throughout this podcast love helping people well i love helping sheep now and um he was on his back and i was thinking i've heard this somewhere that they can't get off their back and i'm thinking where have i heard this from bloody blah blah so i'm then googling it because i'm like, I'm not carrying on this walk knowing full well that this sheep is on his back and can't get back up so Anyway, I'm Googling it and I'm like, oh, okay, casted is what it's called. If a sheep is on its back, it's casted and it can't get back up. And you are actually meant to um, kind of shimmy him back on safely onto his legs. Well, anyway, I obviously thought, hmm, how am I going to do that? How much does a sheep weigh? So obviously here goes the overthinking things. But what I can control (laughs) is getting the sheep back on its legs. So luckily the farm is actually next door. So I, I was running and I was like trying to find this farmer in his like, um, like outhouses and I'm shouting and all sorts. And I'm like, excuse me, excuse me. And anyway, I told the farmer and we came back on our walk and he was back on his feet. And I was like, oh yes, number 97. I was like, you're back on your feet. Um, so anyway, that's one story, but I'll tell you the second one, which is great. This is the one that I told you. So I'm walking down, just going to the, the post box to post a letter and there's um in basically what you've got is you've got a road 
then you've got like the hedge, then you've got like the metal fence, and then you've got the sheep. So anyway, um, I hear this rustling and I'm like, hmm, okay, it's just going to be the sheep. They've kind of poked their head through the metal fence and just eating the the nice greenery. Um, and I'm like, hmm, okay. So I look and there's a lamb in between the head, the, like the hedge and the metal fence. I'm like, he's got out of the metal fence. And I'm like, am I seeing things? Like, I'm like, hmm, it's 10 o'clock, a bit early for me. Um, <laughs> And anyway, I'm like, oh my God, what's, what's happening? So I'm like trying to work it out. Anyway, so I'm running, I've ran down and luckily the farmer's like tending to the um, the cows. And I'm like, excuse me, sir, your lamb's out. And he was like, well, that can't be possible. I've got all seven or whatever it was. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. So I was like, oh, I've seen something that I should not have seen. Um, <laughs> so I post my letter through the letterbox and um, I like, then come back up and I walk past again. And I'm like, no, this lamb is out and i'm like how has he got out anyway so i here i am in the hedge i'm in the hedge trying to shimmy this lamb back in and then i'm like oh my god there's a massive hole so what had happened is it's a bit like um like squares so crisscross um and then the metal like fencing is like tied together um but obviously metal is like quite strong and i'm thinking this hole is massive and I'm like, anything could get out. And then obviously if the lamb or the sheep got out and then went on the road, well, not mm. a great story. So I'm like, Oh my God. So I'm like trying to like shimmy it in. So I'm like, right. Then I'm, then I'm like, okay, he's just eating. I've got at least like what? 10 seconds to run from that bit back down to the farmer to tell him he's either miscounted his lambs or one of his lambs has got out, out of the seven or whatever he's told me. So he's like, he's like, oh, are you sure it's not just the bit that's open where the, like, the hedge is kind of falling into the road? And I was like, no. I was like, you need to come and have a look at this. Anyway, so I've then ran back up. And I tell you what, this doesn't sound like a great story to anyone. You had to be in the moment. And um, my mum rang me halfway through. And I was like, mum, I can't talk. And I was like, out of breath because I was like, I've done so much sprinting. And like I said earlier, I can't run down the road. I don't know how I did my 5K two years ago. Anyway, so I'm like sprinting. And I'm like sir your lamb is out and I was like you need to you need to go and sort him out so like I'm trying to push this lamb back in and then luckily he's come out with his big stick like this is literally something out of like a book that you read as a kid this farmer with his big stick and um he came out and he said oh so what's happened and I said well luckily I said I've got the lamb back through this massive hole I said but that needs to be sorted out and he said oh thank you very much he was like I can't believe this has happened blah 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 and I said well yeah I said, so, I said, you either didn't have the seven or that's one of your seven. I said, but he wanted to play in the road. I said, and that is not good. I was like, that is what you teach kids. <laughs> um, so yeah. And then luckily we, that happened in the morning. And then uh, when my boyfriend gets home from work, we do like an evening walk after dinner. And uh, he was like, oh, I don't really fancy going for a walk. And I was like, we are going for a walk. And he's like, why? And then I told him the whole story and he was like, mm, we better go for a walk. I was like, yeah, I'm not letting that hole still be open. I said, because I'll be putting that together um, just so that the, the sheep and the lambs don't get out again. But yeah, so that was a good deed. That was, I helped. And basically it's the same farmer deed. as well. Same yeah, I was going to ask that. It's the same farmer. Yeah, same farmer. Doesn't care too much yeah. for a sheep, does he? Well, I just thought, well, you're going to lose that money for that. So Should have given you one as a reward. Well, I would, take one. I would take one as a pet. I, he, would, he would that turn sheep. out to be the happiest sheep ever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there we go. Quality lockdown story that is. All right, Jade.
thanks for enlightening us and amusing us it's been uh yeah it's been entertaining uh, no thank you very much for having me yeah anytime anytime and like we said earlier you are indeed glowing and um we hope you have a brilliant birthday in a few weeks like you mentioned <laughs> yes thanks awesome all right people stay safe goodbye Thank you.